Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro. He's the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. This is a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for. Find it to the full. That's exactly what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we start a new message in a new series called The Exodus. Today's message starts where the children of Israel were doing well in Egypt. Joseph did well for the Hebrews. Then one day the Egyptians no longer remembered Joseph. Now Pharaoh thinks it's time to break out the chains. So how are your chains doing? Do you have them? Want to be free? Well, Pastor Sean is going to encourage you to change the way you seek after God. See what happens to those chains. ReachingForRealLife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led right now to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, and I hope you do, there's a place to give at ReachingForRealLife.org. Today's part two of the message called Rescued in the series called The Exodus. Pastor Sean is in Exodus chapter 1 and Romans chapter 6. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. Listen, 1 Peter 2.16 gives us a key, and I want you to hear this. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. I'm free, I can do whatever I want. Do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Wait a minute, I thought the point was not to be a slave. Oh, there's something very different. What he's trying to tell us is this. Take, you're taking notes, write this down. God created us to be free, but freedom can only be found in service of the king. God created us to be free, but freedom can only be found in service of the king. See, it's not just what you remove yourself from, but what you give yourself to. Because there is something in our hearts, there's something in our nature that is going to give ourselves to something. And it can either to the one who sets us free, whose purpose, who created us, who loves us, and whose desire is to give us abundant life, real life, freedom. Or we can give ourselves to things that will ensnare and ultimately enslave us. It's not just what you remove yourself from, but what you give yourself to. See, it's not just leaving Egypt. Remember, they were going somewhere. They were going, they were following the Lord to the land of promise. And in the same way, that's what he's calling us to. God created us to be free, but freedom can only be found in service of the king. Paul expounds on this. Peter is where we first saw that in 1 Peter 2, but in Romans chapter 6. Why don't you flip over there, because the rest of our message, we're going to kind of springboard from Romans chapter 6. Because Paul dials down in this idea of you're going to be a slave to something, and what you are a slave to makes all the difference in the world. He says, verse 15, what then, are we to sin because we're not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. So if you follow sin and you present yourself as a slave or obedient to sin, he says that's what you're a slave to. But if obedience, it leads to righteousness. But verse 17, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. 
I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. In other words, when you were slave to sin, you weren't worried about righteousness. You just did what you wanted. But what fruit were you getting at that time in those things which you're now, uh, from, the things which, uh, uh, from the things of which you are now ashamed? That's the fruit. For the end of those things is death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification, being set apart for his purpose. And its end, eternal life. And then this verse that is so powerful, we quote it all the time. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, you have this option, and we talk about this. Sin always leads the same place, always leads to death, and always leads to separation. No exceptions. It leads to death, ultimately, of our soul, our spirit, of our eternal destiny, ultimate death. But it also leads to separation, separates us from God, the Father, the most critical dangerous, deadly separation, but also from people in our lives. Sin breaks relationships. Sin sin wounds those around us. Separation and death are always the results of sin. But the gift of God, God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In that passage, Paul makes three very important key points, and let me just real quickly go through those for you. First of all, we all present ourselves as slaves to something. I love the language he used, because remember in verse 16, do you know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, your slaves are the one you obey? Either sin leads to death or obedience which leads to righteousness. And then in verse 19, he says it twice. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. I love that term because what it implies is this is a voluntary act of the will. Okay, that's where the analogy breaks down. We have not been conquered by someone to where, the, where we don't have a choice. As followers of Jesus Christ, he makes it possible for us to be set free. And what he's saying is if you present your body, your members, your faculties, your decisions, you present them to sin, you're going to get the fruit of sin. You present them to righteousness, to obedience, you're going to get the fruit of life. And the point is that phrase, though, it's like, this isn't just being done to you. You have a choice. You have been given the power of the Spirit to be set free. It's a voluntary act of the will. So the workaholic, it's not like anybody's making you. Oh, no, I got pressure. I got bills. I got responsibilities. No, no, no. You are making a choice to put more important things off to the side, to ignore and neglect the more important things, and you are choosing to center your life around work. And what that does for you, what that gets you. I understand you may have needs. You, you, you may have financial pressures. I understand that. But there's something in this whole workaholic thing. For many of us, the income we get, the, the strokes we get to our ego, the hiding out from maybe issues at home. And we make our lives all about the work. It's a choice. Approvalaholic, and we're just making up words up here now, right? You, but you know what I'm talking about. Approvalaholic is someone who just, I need the approval of people. I can't have anybody be critical of me. I can't have anyone not thinking I'm wonderful. And so I'm at the whim of whoever I'm talking to or whatever voice is the loudest in the room, and I'm just going to go along because I'm an approvalaholic. It's an addiction. No, it's a choice. I can choose 
to follow the voice of the Spirit. I can choose to walk in the Word of God. I've been given the Spirit of God. I've been empowered. And when I choose to make my life available at the whim of whatever people are around me or whatever the the prevalent kind of thought of the day is, that's a choice. And I'm choosing to disregard the leadership of my father. Timothy Keller likens it to idolatry. In an article that he wrote for the Gospel Coalition, he points to sin in this way. He says, sin isn't only doing bad things. It is more fundamentally making good things into ultimate things. That's good. This Tim Keller, he's going to go somewhere. Sin isn't only doing bad things. It is more fundamentally making good things into ultimate things. See, work isn't bad. Work's a good thing. We're supposed to work is where we're supposed to express our creativity, use our gifts, take care of our families. Work is a gift of the Lord when done in service to the Lord. Sex isn't a bad thing. It is a gift of God to be enjoyed between a man and a wife. It's how we perpetuate our species. It's how families are raised when done in the way that God designs. Even pleasing people, when you do it for the right reason, to love and serve people, not as their slave, but when you want to just be kind and you want to minister to people and you want to serve them, that's a good thing. See, what Keller's saying is you take a good thing and you make it the ultimate thing, and now all of a sudden it's just become sin because it's become an idol. He goes on and says that sin is building your life and meaning on anything, even a very good thing, more than on God. Whatever we build our life on will drive us and enslave us. Sin is primarily idolatry. Sin is this idea of obsessions or entanglements. You know, Hebrews 12.1 says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. I love that distinction because not, it's not always sin. That's what Keller's pointing out to. He, he's pointing out some of these things are just plain sin, but others are just hindrances. They're encumbrances that have become a problem because they now stand before and are keeping us from following the God who created us, who loves us, and who wants to set us free. 2 Peter 2.9 says this, talking about ungodly people. He says, they promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. People are slaves to whatever has mastered them. Whatever masters you. Here's a question. What does master you? Where do you invest your time, your resources, your money, your thought life? Is there something that masters you that you go... Yeah, I, I might have a little bit of an issue there. That might have its hooks in there. See, God created us to be free. But freedom can only be found in service of the king. It's not just what you remove yourself from, but what you give yourself to. When we give ourselves to him, it's how we are set free. And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Rescued. It's in the series called The Exodus which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azar. 
302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message rescued. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. Second thing that Paul points out, and did this in verse 21 and 22 of Romans 6, he said, what you serve determines the kind of fruit you get. What you serve determines the kind of fruit you get. He says, if you serve sin, what, the fruit you're going to get, he talks specifically about a harvest of shame and a harvest of death. Shame and death. You know, we use the phrase, you sow a seed, well, you reap a harvest. And that's just based on you reap what you sow. We know that is a law of nature, and it is a spiritual law that Paul wrote about in Galatians. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. So where you, what you serve, according to Paul, or what you are a slave to determines the kind of fruit you get. Fruit of sin, which is shame and death, or the fruit of righteousness, which he says specifically sanctification and eternal life. Listen to Philippians 1, 9, 11. He says it this way, this is my prayer. Look at the words he uses, that your love may abound more, more in knowledge, depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Did you hear what he said? He talked about love. That's good fruit. Knowledge, depth of insight, purity, and being blameless before him. And he says it's all through Jesus Christ. See, it's not just what you leave. Being free isn't just leaving slavery because our heart will always be drawn back. It's what you give yourself to. It is in service of the king. And he just said, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through who? Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Now, whenever you talk about reaping and sowing, I have to acknowledge that there's people in all different stages of life here. You may be in this room and you go, I am in the reaping stage because I sowed seeds 20, 25, 30 years ago. And I'm in the reaping phase. And I, I talk to some people, that's a good thing. Other people, that's not so much a good thing. And they hear messages like this and go, where were you 25 years ago? Well, I was actually just starting my family and I think we're in Southern California. I had That's not what they mean. What they mean is, man, I would have loved to have heard this 25 years ago. And I absolutely understand that sentiment. Because they're looking at, like, I look at my life, and I don't like the fruit that I am now reaping. I sowed seeds, and just like the Bible says, I'm now reaping a harvest. And one I talk to parents about, that, that is just heartbreaking. They'll talk about their adult children, who they don't have a good relationship with. They know they made big mistakes. They don't have any framework, and they don't have contact with each other. 
And there's a brokenheartedness of a parent who goes, God, I wish I would have known. I wish I could do, go back and do that differently. And the sad thing is we can't. But here's the good news. Okay, if that's you, and it may be, maybe it's marriage. Maybe there's things you've done in your marriage that, boy, you wish you would have known biblical principles for marriage and you would have done it differently 20 years ago. Or maybe it's money. God, I wish I would have known how the Bible tells me to handle money and how to be a good steward. I would have done things differently 20 years ago. And I'd be in a different place. Here's the good news about reaping and sowing. You might have sown seeds and now are in the reaping phase, but you realize you're still in a sowing phase too, right? As long as you are alive and on this earth, you have the opportunity to sow seeds. And God is amazingly powerful. You're like, there's nothing I can do about that. I know, you can't change the past. But you can change the future. And it's amazing. I'll, I'll tell you what, if, you're, if maybe you're here and, and you're in a situation where you've got those adult kids, and you go, yeah, I wish I would have done it differently, and our relationships aren't good, and I don't know how to fix that. Um, let me tell you how, how you do that. The things you wish you would have known and done then, start doing them now. First, maybe you need to humbly... Tell your kids what they probably already know. I didn't do that well. I'm sorry. There's things I really wish I would have done differently. Hum, the fruit of humility is really powerful stuff. It's amazing. Because when you go say to your adult kids or maybe to your spouse or to whomever it is in that relationship that you go, I wish I would have handled it differently. Okay, I can't fix that. But you can go and humble yourself and say, I'm sorry. I didn't do that well. And I want to do it differently moving forward. And then the key is that you do it. And you start sowing seeds of love, of service, of respect, of kindness, of being available, being a resource. And you begin to love the way you wish you would have always known how to love. And what's amazing is God can change a human heart. Nothing is impossible with God. No, you're like, no, it's impossible. Our marriage, we're gone. We're lost. We, it, we're just living in the same house right now, waiting, buying our time till we can get out of this thing. Nothing is impossible with God. That's the truth. And so when you begin to now sow seeds of love and service and care, don't be surprised. Now, again, you can't control what someone else does. And, I, I'm, you know, people have a free will. But I'm just telling you, God can do some amazing things if we begin sowing seeds. And, and the truth is, you sow the seeds of humility, love, grace, service, and you watch, you will reap a good harvest. Even if that person doesn't respond right away, or maybe they don't ever respond, you'll reap a good harvest. Because the word of God doesn't return void. And so whether that's money you're like, yeah, well, money, man, we're, we're, we've blown it. We're stuck, and now we're poor forever. Okay, you got to remember, nothing is impossible with God. Start today. Repent, tell God, I'm sorry, God, I didn't. Tell your spouse, tell whatever. And now begin to live good, healthy financial principles. Live according to the word of God. Live according to your means. Begin to tithe. Begin to sow seeds for the kingdom. Begin to be generous. Begin to be faithful in your finances. And watch what God does. The seeds that you sow determine the harvest fruit that you're going to receive. And the key to that whole thing, that Philippians 1, is filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. 
John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. This is the key to all of it. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's not, if you would have 20 years ago, then you would have borne much fruit, but now it's too late. Yeah, that's not what it says. So you can repent. You can say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you to fill me by your spirit, fill me with your spirit and lead me by that spirit. And according to Jesus, if you abide in him, you remain in him, you will bear much fruit. Apart from him, you can do nothing. So your most important concern right now is abide in Jesus. Connect to him, listen to him, follow him. God created us to be free, but freedom can only be found in service of the king. It all starts with Jesus. And last thing, I'll wrap with this. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came so that you and I could be free. That's what verse 23 said. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen to how Paul writes about this a couple chapters later in Romans 8, beginning at verse 12. It says, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now listen to verse 15. Some of you, this is a word from the Lord for you this morning. I want you to hear it. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. See, you didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So much of the slavery that exists in our world today is because of fear. So much of the slavery that you may struggle with is related to fear. All those things. If I'm compromising for wealth, it's because I'm worried about not having enough wealth. That's fear. If I'm a workaholic, it's because I'm afraid I won't amount to enough, I won't do enough, I won't be enough, I won't have enough. Fear. You've got to understand, fear is one of these things that our world just dispenses like, just like drugs to drug addicts, and we suck it up. So much control, so much is done because of fear. I just want to say, what Scripture tells us there is we weren't given a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Scripture says God doesn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. And yet fear is the thing that motivates so many of us. I've told you before, you realize if you can understand the power of God, the presence of God, how much bigger he is than anything else that we face, and if you can really begin to walk in that, walk in the freedom that he has for us, all of a sudden you're free. See, the world controls us with fear. Do you know how hard it is to, afraid, to, to control a person who's not afraid? Think about that. Think of how many things would be different if you weren't afraid. The news comes on. They're telling you this. You're worried about, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. I'm not afraid. Oh, yeah, I'm not afraid. I'm going to go on following Jesus. 
because he is the Lord over everything. He is the Lord over the, all the earth. He is our God. He is powerful. He is present. He is the king. And I'm not afraid because I'm with him. That's the power of the gospel. That's the slavery that he is setting us free from. And man, even we who are followers of Jesus Christ, we fall into these habits of fear and we find ourselves compromising because we're afraid. Don't be. He created us for freedom. He died on the cross to set us free. We're not slaves. You know, when, when Peter said, you know, don't use your, your freedom as an occasion to sin, but rather be slaves of God. It's like, well, that, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. It does when you understand what he, wants you to, what he wants to do for you is make you sons and daughters and make you heirs and make you his, give you his name, give you his spiritual DNA, and he wants to empower you to live the life you were created for. Peter's using a play on words. He's saying, you want to be free? Surrender yourself to the king who created you for freedom and who wants to set you free. And so I think we all have stuff that if we were honest, if we sat and took a little time and were reflective, we would say, you know what, I think this is a fear I may struggle with. I want you to specifically think of those things right now. Maybe you're a people pleaser and you know it. And you're just afraid of people not thinking well of you. Maybe you are afraid of your financial future. Maybe you're afraid, well, if I, if I, act, if I discipline a certain way with my kids who are at home, Maybe they won't like me. Maybe they won't, you know, maybe they'll reject me. And you're meeting needs through your kids. I don't know. But you know. And I want us to just, as we close the service this morning, I want to take those fears and offer them to Jesus. I want him to take them, and I want us to leave here without them. Now, you, you'll have opportunity to take them back, maybe before you leave the parking lot. Some of these car drivers crazy. No, before too many days go by, you'll find yourself confronted with that fear again. And then you're going to have to remind yourself, oh, I gave that to Jesus. I'm not afraid because I'm in him and I'm going to trust him and I'm going to follow. That is Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. If you'd like to hear this full message in the series called The Exodus, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.